The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to the Disability Law Show. Let's go. The number one 821 5900 Toll free to reach out to Savan and his team. The website disabilityrights.ca. Whilst there, you can listen to past radio shows and catch a television show as well. How about that? And if you want to send along an email during the show or otherwise, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll get to more stuff like mydisabilityrights.com and the Pocket Employment Lawyer as well in just a bit. Don't want to overload you, overload you right away. So we'll, uh, we'll get going here. Week that was, uh, what's been happening with you, pal? Hey, John, great to be here. Let me start off with an email that I had just received this past week. Uh, and uh, th- this comes from a gentleman, and, and he- here's what he writes. I am a 56-year-old male with cerebral palsy. I have worked and paid into CPP since I was 16 years old. I am currently on short-term disability. My insurance company, he's referring to his uh, long-term disability insurer, phoned me to tell me that my limitations are permanent and a prolonged medical condition and to apply for CPP disability benefits. Is this mandatory? What are the financial advantages and disadvantages? So let's talk about CPP disability. We've talked about this in the last show, and it's something that I have a lot of people ask me about. So it's very important to understand the reason why uh, a disability insurer asks you to uh, or directs you to apply for CPP disability is because they get a credit for any amount you get from the government. So I want to break this down. Uh, Getting long-term disability or short-term disability for that matter is a different test slightly than getting CPP disability. CPP disability is run by the government, the federal government. Uh, Short-term disability is generally run or paid for by insurance companies, private insurers. Sometimes employers themselves will fund this. Long-term disability, again, generally are paid for by private insurance companies, sometimes employers, but mostly insurance companies. The test for getting long-term disability, as many of our listeners know, John, is that for the first two years, you have to medically demonstrate that you are disabled from performing substantial portions or aspects of your own occupation. It's called the own occupation test. Beyond the two-year mark, in the vast majority of policies, the test changes. It is now uh, that you are disabled from performing substantial aspects or Uh, um, uh, portions of any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. So that's the test or the tests for long-term disability and for short-term disability as well. The test for CPP disability is uh, whether you have a disability that is severe and prolonged. And again, what do these two words mean? Well, that's up for debate and we've had cases Uh, and tribunals opine on those. Generally, if you have a disability arising from an illness or an injury or a mix of both and uh, you know there's no end in sight for that and it's disabling you from working, you should qualify for, for CPP disability. But let me make one thing clear because this is a question I get quite often. You are not going to get CPP disability plus whatever you're getting from your private insurer for LTD or STD. So let's use an example here. Let's say that you're getting $1,300 a month from CPP disability. I think the max now is about $1,300 to $1,400 a month. So let's say $1,300. You've been approved. You're getting that from CPP disability. Let's assume that you're also getting 
short-term disability or long-term disability of $2,000 a month. Well, you're not going to get $2,000 plus the $1,300. You're not getting $3,300. You are getting the $1,300 from CPP disability and the rest of the $2,000 from your LTD insurer, which means that the insurance company benefits from you getting CPP disability. Now, it's not mandatory for you to apply for CPP disability. This is what this individual here is emailing me and asking me. You don't have to. If the insurance company says, apply for CPP disability, you don't have to apply for it. But if your policy, if your insurance policy says that you have an obligation to apply or that the insurance company may be able to get credit for it, by not applying, you're taking the risk that the insurance company will estimate how much they think you should be getting from CPP and then reduce your monthly amounts by that amount that they think you should be getting from CPP, even though you're not getting that amount. So the risk of you not applying for CPP disability if your policy calls for you to apply is that you're going to end up with less money. Now, if you apply for CPP disability and you get rejected, well, the insurance company can't reduce your payments by that. Okay. There could be other issues here, right? Because insurance companies will sometimes say, oh, CPP disability rejected your claim, therefore we're going to reject your claim too. We're going to cut off your benefits. That's complete nonsense. If that happens, you should be calling us immediately because we can help. But there are advantages for you getting CPP disability. The advantages, and there, there's a few of them. Let me list a couple. One of them is that if you get it, well, then the government has deemed you disabled, which means it's more difficult for the insurance company to take the position that you're not disabled. That's right. So, so that's one thing that helps you. Number two, if you do get cut off LTD at some point in the future, well, guess what? You're still getting some income from CPP, CPP disability. So while we're fighting the insurance company, you have some money coming in. So those are just two advantages. There are other ones. If it's up to me, John, if this was, I was advising a friend or a family member, I would tell them, if you are on long-term disability, you should be applying for CPP disability. There are advantages. The, the pros outweigh the cons. So that's the answer about CPP disability. Do you not have to? Are you not man, Or is it within whatever your contract says? Don't you have to apply if they tell you to? Uh, you don't have to. It's just okay. that if you don't apply, if it's in your contract, if it's in the, in the policy that you're supposed right. to apply, and you don't apply, then they may estimate. The insurance company ah. may, may, may estimate, and then they may say, well, you don't want to apply, that's fine, but we're going to reduce by what our estimate is that you should be getting from CPP disability. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We'll take a uh, short break, guys. Lots more to go here. You want to reach out, do so. one 821 5900 Email is help at disabilityrights.ca. And the website to uh, catch more on the show and the TV show and more radio shows, disabilityrights.ca as well. It's the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back, Disability Law Show, reaching out, one 821 5900 Call that number. You want to get a hold of Savannah, get some more information, email help at disabilityrights.ca. And something else you should use, if you've, of course, listened to the Employment Law Show with your partner, Lior, you'll know about the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca website. But there is a, a section embedded in that website, a very cool section about disability law, correct? Absolutely, John. So yeah. the pocket employment lawyer, you know, people know now, I think, uh, all over the place that our firm focuses specifically on disability law and employment law. And the reason why uh, it's important to understand is because in many instances, you do have that intersection. You have people who are disabled or injured, and we can help them with their injury claim and their disability claim, but also the employment matters that arise. Because employers in many instances are not accommodating or, or 
or you know they, they they end up letting a person go while they're on disability, which is a violation of the human rights code and other yeah. employment legislation. So it's very important to understand that we can help you with you know any of those issues: injuries, disability, employment. In Ontario, throughout Ontario, throughout British Columbia, we have offices in both provinces. The reason why the pocket employment lawyer is so interesting is because, just like most people, I often Google, uh, you know, if I have medical questions, if I have a, you know, certain symptoms that I don't know what what, what they are. Well, then I will Google it. I shouldn't do that. We're advised that Dr. Google is not the best resources, <laughs> no. uh, resource, but many people do that because it's convenient. That's where we go. We have it on our phone. We have it on the desktop, etc. Same thing with legal issues. People will go and they'll Google it, and then they'll land on some pages, sometimes in the states where the law is completely different, sometimes on various lawyers' websites here in Ontario. Uh, and again, you're not necessarily going to get the best advice, and certainly it's not going to be customized advice yeah. unless you reach out to the lawyer. But many people, John, don't want to reach out directly to the lawyer, at least initially. We understand that. We also understand that lawyers, unfortunately, we're still at an age where they will charge you to give out the information that we give out freely on our shows and freely on the pocket uh, employment lawyer. So what is that tool? It's a free website. It's anonymous. And what it is, it's I'll give you the starting point. If you're dealing with an injury, if you're dealing with a disability, if you're dealing with an employment issue, or all three, go to Pocket Employment Lawyer, select a few things from drop-down menus, you know, something, uh, the information that, that characterizes your situation. And then what happens is that the program then cranks out uh, an analysis, a very short analysis that gives you a starting point to understand what your legal rights are. Right. with respect to the issue or issues that you're looking at. So if you have a disability issue and there is a disability component to this, you've been rejected by your long-term disability insurance company, you've been cut off benefits, uh, perhaps your employer has let you go at the same time, whatever the situation is, you click in a few menus there so that the program knows what situation applies to you and then it will tell you what you can do about it. And you know, guess what, John? If, if you close the browser then, we'll never know that you were there. But if you want to then speak with us or communicate with us and get a better uh, understanding of your situation and what we can do to help you, well, then you can actually go to the next step, click the button there, and then we get in touch with you and we can talk to you about it. But the point is that this information that is on this pocket employment lawyer traditionally has been something that lawyers have held close to their chest and only gave out if you've paid them huge sums of money, hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars for these consultations. We don't believe in that. We are sort of of a new generation, I think, uh, where we believe that knowledge is power. And certainly the more knowledge that the public has, uh, the public can make an informed decision. People can decide on their own if they want to take the next step or not. You know, I don't like the idea of telling people that in order to speak with me, you're going to have to pay me first. That's not going to happen. Okay, especially when we're dealing with a disability matter, it's going to cost you nothing to speak with me. So Pocket Employment Lawyer is a phenomenal new website. It's been used all over the country, literally. Not just in the provinces where we work, but in virtually almost every province and territory yeah. here, we have gotten people uh, who, who, who you know, have, have you know, accessed this, this Pocket Employment Lawyer and gotten the information that they need. And we've gotten a ton of lawyers, by the way, who told us, Wish we could have thought about that ourselves. What an amazing, amazing website. So go to it. Tell people about it. Trust me, it's worth your while to check it out. 
Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you go. As mentioned, completely free and anonymous. If you want to carry forth from there, there is a yellow contact us button at the top, right? You can use that and carry on to get more information from Savant or his team as well. Still a couple minutes to go before we break here, pal. What do you got for me? All right, John. I think that we're gonna. I'm gonna use this to to read a question that we got uh, on mydisabilityquestions.com, that free nice. website. Uh, and then, you know, if we don't have time, then we can go into the next segment and again dissect it. So this individual here, David, uh, had heard about the website from our TV show. So again, go to disabilityrights.ca if you want to see our TV show that airs uh, on Global and and. Uh, hopefully soon on CTV. So this is what David writes. He writes, my employer paid uh, the premiums on my LTD benefits, uh, but the insurance company, uh, he gives out the name, but I'm omitting it here on purpose. My insurance company makes the monthly payments to me, so they're paying him LTD. On termination, my employer asked me to sign a full release of the company, for the employer, and all associated companies. If I sign the release, will this end my LTD monthly payments? Fantastic question. So there's so many ways to approach this thing, and this happens quite often. Let's start, let's start with the proposition here that if you are on disability and you've been let go from your job, you have to speak with us. You, you must. If you don't, you are risking not getting the money that you're supposed to be getting. Remember, it's illegal to fire someone, to let someone go who's on disability. Mm-hmm. Not only are you entitled to severance, you're potentially entitled to human rights damages because it's a violation of the Human Rights Code. And why that's important? Because if you are an LTD, the majority of LTD policies out there actually contain provisions that entitle the insurance company to get a credit for any right. severance you get. So if this person here was let go from their job, this person here, David, and that person got $30,000 in severance, guess who's going to see all that 30000 Not right. David. The insurance company. But if David got, instead of 30000 he got 20000 in severance and 10000 in human rights damages, chances are the insurance company is not going to see a dime of the $10,000 of human rights damages. So we, we, there's ways to protect that money to make sure that it goes into the pocket of the individual. Very important to understand. Uh, John, maybe we'll take a break. we come back. I want to talk about yep. the actual release here because this comes up quite often as well. You bet we'll do that. And in the meantime, write the number down, keep it, and uh, use it. one 821 5900 Email is help at disabilityrights.ca. And as mentioned by Savannah, you want to catch a TV show, past radio shows, disabilityrights.ca. That is the website. Lots more of the Disability Law Show is on the way. And this is Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Disability Law Show. We're going to catch a midstream as we were talking about a question you got at mydisabilityquestions.com, which you, by the way, can use anytime. There's a drop down menu. You can uh, see if your question has been asked in the past. If so, there will be a. Uh, a nice answer there for you to read. If not, leave it there, and the guys will get to it in in short order as well. Continue on, pal, before we get to more. So so let's just reread that question that was posted yep. so we can actually talk about it. This came from David, and he wrote, My employer paid the premiums on my LTD benefits, but my insurance company makes the monthly payments to me, so they're paying the LTD to him. On termination, my employer asked me to sign a full release of the company, 
and all associated companies. If I sign the release, will this end my LTD monthly payments? And so what we talked about in the last segment, John, was one portion of this email, which is that it is illegal in Ontario to let an employee go from their job who is on disability. It's a violation of the Human Rights Code which means that you're entitled to not only severance, but also potentially human rights damages that the LTD insurer cannot get their hands on. They may be able to get credit for the severance, but not for the human rights damages. Now, let's deal with the release. I want people to understand what a release is. Uh, when, when an employer lets you go, in many instances, uh, they will want you to sign a document called a release, a full and final release. Mm -hmm. and, and what that is, is it's a shield shielding the employer from you starting any legal claims against them. So not only should you never do that without consulting a lawyer, and our lawyers, our employment lawyers, you know, review these kinds of things all the time, uh, but you have to be very careful because some of these releases will contain uh, uh, will contain landmines, and, and by landmines I mean you know th this this person here, David, actually uh, uh, referenced something that is important. He says, uh, "My employer asked me to sign a full release of the company." So in other words, they want David not to be able to have any legal rights anymore against the employer for letting them go, and all associated companies. What does that mean? I have seen releases, and we've seen cases come from the courts, John, where by a person signing a release vis-a-vis -vis their employer, within the release there was language that protected the insurance company. And so people were in a position where they've signed away their legal rights as against their employer, and at the same time not understanding that they're also signing away their rights with regards to their disability insurance company ludicrous, just ridiculous. In fact, we've ha we have cases from the courts where the courts have come down very hard on employers and insurance companies for that, saying it's not fair. You can't do that. So you have to make sure that if you are let go from your job, you give us a call, you let us review that, that release. First of all, we can tell you if the severance you received is appropriate. Second of all, we'll advise you on your, hu on your human rights. Uh, uh, rights. And, and, and thirdly, we need to make sure that you are not, in fact, compromising your yeah. disability uh, payments, disability rights. Now, the last question he asks here, if I sign the release, will this end my LTD monthly payments? It should not. It should not. And people call me all the time, John, because they've been let go from their job while they're on disability or, or while they're in the process of applying for LTD. Here's, here's the rule, um, and this is what people need to understand. If you became disabled while you still had LTD coverage, okay. I don't care that you were let go afterwards, but at the time that you became disabled, you had that coverage with your insurance company or through work, then you qualify. The insurance company and the employer cannot tell you that you're not supposed to receive benefits. In, in David's situation here, he's already on LTD and he was let go. So he's afraid that if he signs the release, somehow they're going to cut off his LTD payments. They can't do that. Once you're on the plan, once you're getting LTD, the only way the insurance company can get you off that plan is either if you get to the end of the policy, let's say you're 65 and the policy only goes to age 65, or, or uh, if, if, if the insurance company takes the position uh, that you're no longer disabled for whatever reason, you don't qualify under the disability test, but they can't take the position that you no longer qualify for LTD because you've been let go from your job. That they cannot do. And generally, they don't do that. So that's the answer here. But, you know, the, the, the biggest issue here for David is that 
he's contemplating signing a release without even having spoken to a lawyer, yeah. somebody who has expertise in employment and employment and disability for that matter. Uh, and and he could get screwed. I mean, he could get in. You know, he could be in a situation here that you know he signs away his rights and he's leaving tens of thousands of dollars owed to him. I underline and highlight and bold the word owed, owed by law to him on the table. So you have to be very careful. For anybody out there who's a skeptic, who thinks, oh, well, you're a lawyer, Sivan. I mean, you're just saying this for your benefits. Your yeah, it's my business. Of course it is. But I'm not telling you to come to me. I'm just saying get legal advice. That's right. get, get legal advice from someone who knows employment law and preferably disability law. If you're someone like David who is on LTD and is being let go from their job. If you come to me, that's fantastic. My team and I will take care of you, I promise. But you have to be very careful in engaging the insurance company, the employer, signing that document, because once you sign it, it is rare and extremely, extremely difficult to undo that. And don't come to me and say I was under duress because the insurance company or my employer gave me a day to sign. That's not duress. It's not. If you sign that release and you give it back to your employer or to the insurance company, you are most likely out of luck to undo mm-hmm. that transaction. Courts are very, very hesitant to undo that kind of a transaction. So David did the right thing. He actually communicated with me before signing the release, which is what I urge all our listeners to do. We'll take a short break. In that regard, one 821 5900 is the way to go. Disabilityrights.ca to catch past television shows and uh, radio shows for that matter. And you want to reach out through email, you can do that. That's a great option as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Lots more of the Disability Law Show is just ahead. Stand by right here. Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Disability Law Show. You want to reach out? Easy. 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address. If you haven't been there yet, if only to uh, check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. And there's a section on disability law there as well okay pal continue on what else is happening this oh boy john so many questions that people email me and i love getting those questions and i love giving giving free advice to people uh you know go figure a lawyer that loves to give free advice okay so uh this is an email i had received again uh, recently um it comes from uh from a lady and and here's what she writes she says um i've been on ltd for two years now as soon as i tell you ltd for two years john your antennas should be going up Uh, She writes, my caseworker, meaning the adjuster, wants my rheumatologist to fill out a work questionnaire, but she does not do that. She prefers that my primary doctor, so family doctor, fill out the forms. My primary doctor has been filling out all sorts of forms from the insurance company. Uh, The insurance company has me apply for CPP disability also. My caseworker slash adjuster sent me an email stating that if the rheumatologist does not fill out this form, I will be cut off my benefits. I have complied with everything thus far. I told them that my rheumatologist does not fill out forms for anyone, but they are not accepting that. The deadline is at the end of this month. I have rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, anxiety, and depression. Thanks for taking a look. All right, so this is this is a, you know a murky type of a situation for this lady because she's caught between a rock and a hard place. The insurance company is entitled 
to get medical updates about a person's situation, but you have doctors who, for right or for wrong, sometimes don't want to cooperate. They, they just don't feel that, that it's within the scope of their duties. Uh, they feel like it, it's a bother to them. They don't want to get uh, you know tangled up within the legalities. Whatever the reason is, this lady here has a problem. Well, the thing is this. She does have a family doctor. That family doctor get the, gets those reports from the rheumatologist and whoever else this this lady goes to, right? Mm-hmm. When you go, John, uh, to to a specialist or any number of specialists or clinics for an ultrasound, uh, an MRI, the hospital, whatever it is, your family doctor is supposed to be getting reports, right? Your primary care physician. So technically, the insurance company is correct to ask for information from the rheumatologist, but in this case, it's not for lack of trying by this lady to get that to the insurance company that she's unable to get it to them. But she's saying that the family doctor is providing all the information. Well, here's the way I'm looking at this. If the insurance company can get a copy of the rheumatologist's records, which I don't see why they wouldn't be able to, okay? That's very different than getting the rheumatologist to fill out a form. Just give them the records. If the family doctor can then provide a summary or provide their view on this lady's disability, if everything points to the fact that she remains disabled, there is zero reason in my mind why the insurance company is going to cut her off. But you know, John, you know what's going to happen? They're going to cut her off. They're going to cut her off because in their mind, that's an excuse, a reason, something they can potentially you know, pin that argument on that you did not comply with your requirements under the policy to give us this information. They're going to lose if they do that. They're going to lose because she's documented through conversations with her adjuster that she's done everything she could to ask the rheumatologist to provide that. And as long as she provides the rheumatologist records and anybody else's records that they request that deal with her disability, and as long as her family doctor confirms that she remains disabled from working, I see no way that the insurance company can, can at the end of the day, uh, stand in front of a judge if it comes to that and say, she is in breach of her policy. She's not in breach of her policy. She's done everything she could. But it's just another example of an insurance company using every excuse in the book to cut someone off, someone that clearly should not be getting cut off. And I want to mention something else here. Think about this for a second. The insurance company, the adjuster, is not telling her they're going to cut her off because she's not disabled, because she doesn't meet the criteria for disability under the policy. The insurance company is saying they're going to cut her off because her rheumatologist refuses to fill out a form. How ridiculous is that as an argument? But again, it's not the most ridiculous argument I've seen. And the message that I want to send out to people out there, and again, it may not be you, it may be your neighbor, your friend, your colleague who's struggling with an insurance company. We've seen it all. We've dealt with these kinds of situations. We've resolved these kinds of situations. It's not actually that difficult to resolve the situation uh, as long as you contact us and we speak with you and get the information and we can then act for you if we need to. So, you know, be exactly, do exactly what this lady has done here. Document your conversations with the insurance company. Do not give up. Contact us if you have these kinds of concerns. We will help you. 
1-855-821-5900. That is a quick way to reach out. If you want to do so by email, that's also an option, help at disabilityrights.ca. We also do a TV show, long-running TV show, if you haven't caught that before on Global, and as, as mentioned uh, mentioned by Savannah shortly, hopefully on CTV as well, you want to go to disabilityrights.ca for that information and to catch the shows. Lots more on the way. We'll get to more of your questions here on the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back to the Disability Law Show. To get a hold of Savannah or James, a member of the uh, their awesome team, it's really uh, really quite simple. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That number, by the way, of course, toll free. Email is help at disabilityrights.ca. You want to ask questions on the other side? When we're not doing the show anytime, mydisabilityquestions.com as well. Take it away, pal. What else are we talking about? Here's a question that was uh, uh, that was posted by Amanda from Cernia okay. um, on, on MyDisabilityQuestions.com. And uh, so I'm going to read you this, John, and then I'm going to ask you, what do you think about it? What comes sure. to your mind given everything we've discussed? Here's what she writes. She says, I'm currently on long-term disability. Oh, by the way, John, I want to mention to our listeners, if you go to MyDisabilityQuestions.com, you'll see all these questions, and you'll see my right. answers to those. So remember, it's a searchable database. You can actually search through the thousands of questions that have been posted, uh, and you'll probably see something that applies to you if you have a question. But you can just post your own question as well. Anyways, here's what she writes. I'm currently on LTD, and my insurer has requested previous employment history and a copy of my resume. They have not requested any information from my family physician regarding my current medical status. Why are they asking about my employment and not how I am currently doing? That's it. Sign the mandate. What do you think, I have, John? I have no. Why are they? I have no idea why they're asking about past employment and a resume. Were they going to offer a job? Like what are they? Well, she's saying she's currently on LTD, and we know right. that at the two-year mark, the test changes. If you want to get LTD beyond the two-year mark, in most policies, there is a change of definition, and the yes. change of definition of disability, of total disability, is can you do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, ah, education, or experience? Got it now. So what are they gearing up to do here? They want to figure out if there's something else that they can point to, some other job based on her work history and employment history that potentially she'll be able to do. What's interesting is that they're not asking her for updated medical records. So what that tells me, and again, I'm just reading into it. I don't know if that's in fact happening. It tells me that they've already decided in their minds that they're going to cut her off. Now they're simply looking at what they can point to from her resume or educational history to say, aha, you should be doing that. We're going to cut you off. Here's what you ought to be doing to make money. And again, maybe that's not the case. Maybe they're just, you know, this is, uh, this is, you know, they're doing this in good faith. I doubt it. If the insurance company is asking you after you've been on LTD for a while for a copy of your resume, for your employment history, they are feeling around to figure out if they can cut you off at that change of definition date. So, what is the lesson to be learned here? What's the takeaway? You get that kind of question, your spidey sense should be tingling there and you should be contacting me exactly the way this lady did here with uh, the question because then I'll give you certain advice, certain tips, things you can do to look to be on the lookout for uh, in the event that you get cut off. In this case, I think that what she needs to do uh, is sh she needs to make sure that she gets updated medical reports from her doctors saying that she's continuing to be disabled from any occupation, from any job, assuming that's the case, by the way. 
I don't want her to. I, I'm not, I, I never ever tell a doctor to say something unless that doctor believes that's the case. I would ask the doctor a question: What's the person's disability? What is your prognosis? You know, what's the extent extent of the impairment? Do you think that's going to affect her work or whatever? So it's important that if your doctors believe that you cannot do any occupation beyond that change of definition date, that they put that in writing, because then it doesn't matter what her resume says. If her doctor confirms that she cannot work in any type of an occupation that she is suited for potentially, beyond that two-year mark, well then she should continue to get benefits. But she should be on the lookout for, because if the insurance company cuts her off, they're going to give her a heads up. And I tell people out there as well, unlike a car accident where you never know that it's going to happen, it just happens. With long-term disability, if you've been on a plan, if you've been receiving LTD, and the insurance company is going to cut you off, I've never seen a situation where they simply cut you off. They will tell you they're going to cut you off. They're going to, they're going to write you a letter or an email or say it by phone. Say, listen, John, today is February 1st and uh, you know, April 1st we're going, to, uh, we're going to cut you off. And by the way, that's not a joke. Uh, you know, and, and then you know. And, and then I tell people, as soon as that happens, if that happens, you give me a call. You don't wait until that day comes because by then you've wasted a whole bunch of time. And if you are given that, if you are given that, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, 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 not deadline, but that, that date in the future, and you contact us now, in some instances, we've been able to resolve these claims before that end date so that the person was not even left without any money, right? Because that's, that's the biggest concern. You're told you're going to be cut off in a few months. The few months come and go and your benefits stop and then you have no money to pay the mortgage no money to, you know no money to pay for the kids activities for food for whatever people get panicked so don't wait until that time happens contact us as soon as you are told that your benefits will be cut off so we can take action now isn't the insurance company kind of putting the cart before the horse uh, telling, asking for a resume before asking for medical documentation let's see if she's reasonably okay first and then we'll throw some jobs at her well, assuming, assuming, I mean, from her email here, I'm assuming that it's not that they're putting the car before the horse. It seems like they've made their decision already. Now they're looking for what to point to to justify that decision. So they've made the decision, I think, that they're going to cut her off. Now they're thinking, okay, what can we point to in her resume to say you can do that other job or some other job that's, that's similar to that? And again, I mean, that's not going to bode well for them if we get involved because, remember, when we get involved, when we start a legal claim, we get the insurance company's file. We see everything the adjuster wrote down. That's stuff that you, the claimant, don't see. But we're entitled to get that because that's what the rules of procedure, that's what the legal rules mandate. We are entitled to get the insurance company's file. And man, John, when we right. go through that file, I mean, we just get giddy because we're, we're seeing all these mistakes that these adjusters are making that you as an individual don't see because you don't have access to that file. Holy God. That's how we build up that case against the insurance company. And oftentimes, some of these mistakes, oh, insurance companies just fall on their sword and say, you know, we've made a mistake, made a mistake, but we don't let it go. We don't like. We make them pay, and sometimes we make them pay even more than what they otherwise would have had to because their mistakes are so egregious. We'll take a, a short break. Got a few more minutes to go here. It is a one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The number anytime to reach out. MyDisabilityQuestions.com. You can use that to ask your questions. And email still works, don't you know? Help at DisabilityRights.ca. It's the Disability Law Show, Global News Radio.
The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Disability Law Show. You want to get a hold of Savan or uh, James? Easy, 1-855-821-5900. Disabilityrights.ca is a good place to go uh, for more information and to get a link and catch our past uh, episodes of our TV show as well. So uh, take us home, pal. A few minutes to go. What uh, what else you got to discuss? John, yeah, so John, I actually have three uh, things here I want to discuss, but I'm not going to get good. to them. So let me ah. see if I can choose the most interesting one. All right, so this one is an email that, uh, or a question that was posted to mydisabilityquestions.com from Henry uh, from Ottawa. And here's what Henry wrote. If you are permanently disabled, would it be in your best interest to ask for a severance? However, that may erase your LTD benefits. How does that work? Do I lose my LTD benefits or is the severance package from the company completely different from your LTD benefits from the insurance company? Do I remain on LTD? It was my impression that if you get a severance package from the company, you're automatically dropped from long-term disability. Uh, if you can comment on that, that would be that would be great. Okay, so again, a lot of misinformation about this. If you have become disabled while you had LTD coverage, let's say it's through work, it doesn't matter if you've been let go from your job for the purposes of you continuing to get LTD. The fact that you've been let go from your job opens up a can of worms for the employer, but the LTD insurer has to continue covering you until either the end of the policy, so let's say it goes to age 65, and you know, you've know you reached that age, well then they can stop then, or if they believe that you're no longer disabled, and if that's in fact the case, I mean, if you are disabled, then we can fight them. My point is this, the fact that you've been let go from your job, and we've talked about this endlessly, John, does not mean that your LTD stops. It does not stop. It continues so long as you qualify under the LTD policy. But he's asking other questions as well here, which again, we've talked about before, but I want to make sure people are clear on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are let go from your job while you are on disability, that is a human rights violation that is illegal, you're entitled to severance, we'll talk about that in a second, and you're entitled to potentially human rights damages. The human rights damages are important because the vast majority, in fact, I've never seen an an insurance policy that allows the insurance company to get a credit for human rights damages you get from your employer when they let you go. But in contrast, uh, most LTD policies that I look at nowadays contain a provision that says that if you receive severance down the road, then we're entitled to get a credit for that. And so, you know, John, it, it reminds me of a case that I had about a year ago when a person came to me after they've been let go from their job uh, while they were on LTD. They, they, they hired an employment lawyer, not someone from our firm, not someone with any knowledge of LTD, just an employment lawyer. Uh, and the employment lawyer got that person quite a lot of money as severance except that the employment lawyer was not aware that the LTD insurer is entitled to a credit for that. So you know the net result uh, was that the individual ended up paying the lawyer, the insurance company got, got you know, credit for the, uh, for the severance, uh-huh. and then at the end, the person you know, got nothing. And, and so leaving aside the fact that the employment lawyer ought to have gone for human rights damages in addition, the employment lawyer was just not attuned to the issues that uh, involve uh, a person being let go from their job while on disability, right. yeah. while on LTD.
So it's very important to understand that you know we have employment lawyers, disability lawyers, injury lawyers. We all work together. We all communicate. Without that communication, if you don't have that, if the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, you are in for a world of trouble. And that trouble translates into money that you are losing, money that is owed to you. So again, we can help with all of these issues, either all these issues if you're dealing with all of them, or if, if uh, they're independent. If you only have an employment issue, we can help you with that. If you only have a disability issue, we can help you with that. Injury, we can help you with that. But when they're all intersecting, the law is that much more complex. You really yeah. need the right team in your corner because if you don't have that, I'm telling you, you are going to lose a lot of money. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the number. Help uh, at disabilityrights.ca is the email. Some final thoughts, man, as we get down to the uh, the last two minutes. You know, the final thoughts, John, is that I want to make sure people understand. That when I talk about fighting an insurance company, I'm not saying that you fight the insurance company. My team and I are the ones who are taking <laughs> right. uh, you know, the burden off your shoulders. It, what does that mean? It means that once we are retained, if I tell you that we can help you and you retain us, you, you, know, you agree for us to represent you, you are not going to be communicating with the insurance company. You're not going to be getting their phone calls anymore. You're not going to get their emails anymore, their letters, nothing. Everything has to come through us so you can actually focus on getting better. And that's a huge, huge relief for individuals, John, especially when we're dealing with mental health illnesses, but even yeah. other types of illnesses and injuries. We take over. And when I tell you that you have a case, you know, you can take that to the bank. And the reason for that is very simple, because you pay us nothing up front. We get paid at the end. We get paid a portion of whatever the insurance company pays. So I am interested in two things. I'm interested in my advice being correct to you, that you have a case, and I am interested in maximizing the value of your claim. Now, I'm just talking here from a practical standpoint, no different than a real estate agent has an interest in selling your house as soon as possible and in selling it for the highest amount of value. Same thing here. The one thing I will not do, none of the people in my firm will do, they will never compromise your case. So if at the beginning the insurance company is saying to you, we're going to pay you X, and that X is significantly less than what you deserve, we will tell you that. And I have told people before, you got to let me continue to fight because eventually I will force them to pay what you are owed, no matter what. You know, that said, John, it's people's cases. I'm very respectful. Yeah. I explain to people what the legal position is, what you know, the cons and the pros of proceeding forward. At the end of the day, I make sure people are under no pressure whatsoever that they can make an informed decision either by themselves or with their spouse or whoever it is they need to speak with. It's, it's a very, very big thing for me uh, because I have had people call me and say, my lawyer pressured me to do this and, and you know the insurance company pressured me to do that. No, no, no. We create that space around you to allow you to make the decision you need to make within the time that you need to make it. So it's very important to understand that you are entitled to that. It's your case. It's your money. And remember, when the insurance company tells you you have no case, don't believe them. Get that independent legal advice. And I will tell you, if you have a case, I'll tell you that. And I'll explain why. If you have no case, I'll explain that to you as well. If you have somewhere in between, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, shades of gray, I'll explain that to you as well. As long as you have the information you need to make the decision you need to make about your case, I'm happy. So that's the key thing. Give me a call. Email me if you have any questions. We're always here. If it's not me, it's somebody on my team. But, you know, 
this, this is the important thing. It, it, it may not be you, by the way, who's listening. It may be a friend or a family member or a colleague. Please tell them about us. Give us our contact information. John, if you can give it to the audience, that'd be great. Very important to understand, this is going to cost, cost nothing for people to communicate with us and get that information that they need. It is a wrap, and we'll leave it there. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The number that we uh, we always use. The email is help at disabilityrights.ca. Shorten that to simply disabilityrights.ca. That will uh, take you to links to the TV show as well. If you haven't watched that, catch that. MyDisabilityQuestions.com is yet another way to reach out. And finally, PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca if you want more information on disability. It's all there, easy to use. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.